This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. We got to come together, you know, now we yeah. can make it all right. We got to brave the weather, and the uh, my ass is so tired. Our galaxy. Yeah. I am horny. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to Third Day, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Any of that noodle you guys wouldn't mind adding a couple inches in my pants. Hey. I'm just killing. Bazinga. Hey. Okay, hey. bitch. Watch this. All Christian pop culture. All the time. You got me straight crippin'. Yes. My Oh, man. Watch me take this half pipe. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's an actual in-show reference yeah. that would resonate with our listeners that's from episode nine mr ross kimball doing an impression of michael w smith welcome to good christian fun i'm kevin i'm caroline i'm doing a half pipe Woo. Woo. caroline i got something to share with you because i've been doing deep dives on some of ccm's hottest stars okay on specifically their instagram because it's again, my favorite thing to do well like we were talking before off mic access has changed the game so here's how michael w smith started one of his videos recently listen to this hey everybody michael w here so not far off. Not inaccurate Smitty's got it going on. Well, that's a new segment now. Instagram deep What's going on with Michael W. Smith? And that's our intro. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment of all sorts and kinds, all shapes and sizes in 2019. bodies are welcome. Along with a special guest of some sort. But we're not here to make you go to church. We're not here to preach to you. We're not here to bash you either and make you feel like shit. Although sometimes we accidentally do that and feel real bad about it later. just casualties of the jokes. (laughs) Casualties of jokes. Mm -hmm. And today's topic is Third Day. Third Day, one of the big boys. Or the big group of boys. We've been dancing around Third Day for a long time. Yeah, they're I'm pretty excited. omnipresent. Uh-huh. And uh, I can't wait to talk about them. But first, we do need to introduce our special guests. So let's do that now. <laughs> oh, we've been very excited for this one. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a comedian, a writer, a stand-up. You may know him from his work on Big Mouth or his special streaming on Comedy Central. Now, ladies and gentlemen, give it the hell up for Joel, Joel Hello. Hey. Oh my God, this fanfare. I've never. You deserve it. Thank You've you. You've earned it too. I, All of it. I, I have to say off the top, I feel crazy. I did ask them to record at six and then I showed up promptly at 6.50. Um, and I feel humiliated. I went to a theater school where they would lock the doors um, of certain classes if you weren't there 
like on, on the time. Minute. And they were and our the ethos was like ten minutes on ten minutes early is on time, on time is late, late is fired. Late is um, yeah, And that really like <laughs> drilled uh, it into yeah, you. Yeah. I mean I really internalized that. And so being late is like one of the most stressful experiences of my life. I understand. Um but so boy, we was, were picking up on some of that residual guilt yeah, from your training. But, but I nice. zoomed here. I zoomed here <laughs> listening to Third Day. Oh, great. And uh, it really like hit something in me, some real like sense memory. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. What a great traveling up. companion. Yes. Can I say really quickly, yes, too? Sir. I want to say that, Kevin, I um, am a huge Gilmore Girls fan. <gasps> and oh, wow. I used to listen to your the Gilmore Girls podcast with you and Demi when I was in New York and uh, for a long time I was like god I wish I were famous enough to be a guest on this podcast and I was like that would be like a moment where I would know that I had made it and I had like a couple (laughs) times I know isn't that sad that that I mean no offense but that those were how high my sights were set oh none taken we've all had very (laughs) pathetically low Uh, goals that was like the goalpost for me at one point Um, (laughs) but yeah it was huge and weirdly I just so I had a pilot that didn't go Uh and they we did a stage reading of it in San Francisco and Keiko Ajina played my mom (gasps) in it and it was such a a that must have been a big deal I don't know that many people in my life currently who care or give a shit about the Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. So it was, I was like really excited to come here tonight because I was like, oh, Kevin will care. Kevin <laughs> yeah! will, will care. I'll always no, care. No, you guys just want to take a corner for a little bit. Like, oh, I'm man. totally happy. Well, back in the day, because it was such a just uh, like... For Demi and I's first project like that, it was just a scattershot. Do you want to do the show? And just like asking randos. And the best is when people would pitch themselves sarah hayward from girls pitched herself that was Stacey crazy Ostano you, you early on before you were even like a thing i feel like got like some big Huge. like credit yeah. wise like guess so. yeah people were real sweeter about it than they should have been so yeah. you could have done it and we would have loved to have had you Aww. i would have loved it so I, I, for a long time the gilmore girls box set was the most expensive thing i owned <laughs> this is the one that's like then? the little dollhouse yeah so the like little dollhouse it's like a hundred dollars it was 180 <gasps> and it was the most expensive thing I owned. I used part of my student loan money to <gasps> buy it. And I, was like, and I was like, I know I shouldn't Uncle be using Sam this money to proud buy it. I mean, it was, oh no, th- I was, uh, this was like before I knew uh, what was what. And I, this was fully like a Chase private student loan that I, yeah. I know that <laughs> oh, no. one hate, oh, that $180 has ballooned now with interest into about $5,000. Yeah, I spent yeah. about $5,000 on, <laughs> The Gilmore Girls complete series. Luxury uh, I, But I probably, I use, I, I've seen the entire series maybe like upwards of like 27 times. Damn, we should have had oh. you. Um, I used well, to clean know, up at Gilmore Girls trivia, trivia nights. in New York. I've never been to one of those. They I've, have specifically themed trivia nights for oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We still, wow. the, um, you know, because we don't do that show anymore. But when we do get DMs, it's usually, hey, what's a good name for our trivia night team? Oh, really? It's <laughs> always that. Does anyone ever uh, message you with a question from trivia night? Like, Kevin, quick. No, <laughs> no. People have integrity that listen to the Gilmore Guys oh, podcast. That's right. It was yeah, a good yeah, crowd. Yeah. yeah but, uh, well, real quick, let's do a quick episode. Uh, the Revival, colon a year in the life thumbs up thumbs down thumbs i i guess it's sort of a thumb sideways for yeah me side in a thumb. Lot of ways mm-hmm. it's tough I, I didn't like the four long episode format it was tough it was tough for me i don't know that i would revisit another one honestly. no I, I can't imagine anyone would are they I, talking about doing it again 
They they're they're always very coy about it. Like you know maybe, and we have yeah, it in our contract balloons. with Maisel that we could go back, but yeah. we'll see. And I think oh, the cast is very done with. I it. I would leave it at that. I, when I say I've seen the entire series twenty seven times, I've probably seen the seventh season maybe like six times because it's really hard to get through. Yeah, it's no good. There are there are parts, and even like parts of the sixth season are really tough too. Oh sure, yeah, it becomes a very <laughs> depressing watch over time. But, it mirrors adulthood in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> But for you, it was like a real comfort, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Two through five are so sweet. The golden So, so years. sweet, yeah. I And I, I can't remember exactly. I remember your podcast used to make me mad. I used to get really defensive. Because <laughs> oh, I remember you were really... I remember you being really hard on Lorelai a lot. And I would be like, no, they're wrong. And I would be like <laughs> sitting on the MTA in New York, like bundled up in like a sleeping bag in the dead of winter being like, how dare Shaking they? Your leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we did dissect how she became kind of the secret villain of the show over time. Lorelai yeah. did. Well, all these are very thin proxies for Paladina herself. To talk about. <laughs> oh, for sure. And also, I there isn't a show. I, I can't think of a show with like lower stakes, <laughs> like <laughs> that existing anymore. Like oh, watching it sure. now, especially in like this golden age of TV that we're living through, where everything is very high concept and mm-hmm. like. You know, uh, it is like, like, I remember I watched the, I binged The Leftovers all three seasons and Mm. then I went and watched uh, Gilmore Girls and I was like, (laughs) wow, this is a, this is a, yeah, it's a different game board altogether. Different world. (laughs) And even the ones, even the shows on that still have like very human low stakes, they have to have the, and it's across three different timelines yeah. and it's happening some right, of like the this yeah. is us stuff like, where it's like they're all related expensive. and constantly in fires and accidents and stuff. Whoa. It really like was the show though. I remember it was one of the rare things I could watch with my mom in the room because they are oh, like, yes. my, my parents are, are super crazy about content and what they consume. Um, and it was one of the rare things. They did not appreciate how slutty she was. She is was, of the world. I will that say was, that. Yeah. Well, who Lorelai? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she got there. She's oh boy. Well, thanks so much for joining us on Thank the show, Joel. Me. What is your? I I know a little bit of it um, from your stand up and some of the podcasts yeah. you've been on. But yeah, I feel like you talk about your background here and there. I so I don't want to make you retread ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, it's couldn't be more relevant yeah. to us right now. Yeah. <laughs> no. I yeah. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. I've talked about it. In like especially on stage when I talk about my family and my background though it is so heightened in a way that is not <laughs> uh, I think some people I get DMs all the time from people who watch my special and are like are you like like is there some real pain there and are you okay and I'm just like you don't know me and those were jokes like chill out <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I mean my parents were super religious very Southern Baptist um people um and it's weird because like we didn't go to a church i didn't start going to a real church until i was uh like 12 or 13 of my own accord i wanted to go to a church mostly because i was homeschooled and i just was so desperate to meet other people (laughs) i was like i need to be around people so bad it was like paradise because i was homeschooled as well and i remember entering into like youth group situations (laughs) yeah hubba hubba like for everyone Yeah. yeah Uh, was yeah, it I know you mentioned situation? before, like uh, most of your church experience was kind of just with your family yeah. at home, right? My dad, every Sunday, we would like go into my dad's room one on one and one on one, one on one, and oh, we would gosh. like read the Bible together, and then like he would like sort of like quiz us and like we would like analyze it together and meanwhile like it would be a different order and every sunday me and my brother would just be like 
one of us is going to miss Pokemon <laughs> um, <laughs> for this shit. Uh, and we just like wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. Oh, and you couldn't for... even predict which one it was going to be? No. Well, it was like we would like jump around from book to book. Okay. And so that was sort of like the the modus operandi. And it's it's honestly because I think my parents are so antisocial that they like just yeah. don't enjoy the experience. I was going to ask like cuz if in the, church. were there Baptist churches nearby oh, or, yeah, tons. but they just didn't think they were like quite the right Vain, I, yeah, or they maybe just really. My parents are had a super really. Uh, they honestly had a very strained relationship growing up, and I I truly believe that they should have gotten a divorce. <laughs> oh, no. um, and they probably wanted to for a long time. I think they were waiting for me and my brother and my sister to move out mm-hmm. before even considering it, and then my brother and my sister never did. Uh, so and oh, then now I go home and they fully reconciled in a way that is wild to me and it and it will go fully unaddressed. We we are not a family that talks about um, like the history, the of history what of what happened or what was going on back then or it was none of my. I remember they sent me to a Christian therapist when I was like an adolescent and I remember bringing up being like, yeah, my mom and my dad like never hug or kiss and that's weird and it's weird that they never show affection and he literally shut me down. And he was like, that's none of your business. We're not here to talk Whoa. about them. We're here to talk about you. Oh. Uh, and he's like, don't bring them up again. And I was like, and that scarred me for about with therapy for years. I didn't go back to therapy until I was like deep into college. It's like the one therapist I know not to talk about your I know and it was it took me so long to realize that like oh that wasn't correct so Um, strange yeah it was wild um but yeah so that was that and then I started going to a Baptist church um when I was 12 13 around then well my sister my my old I was really close to my older sister she was eight years older than me um and she was like she was probably next to me the most like outgoing like of the people sort of member of my family and so she was really interested in going to a church she had graduated from high school at this point and uh was living at home and working and i think she just sort of needed an outlet for being social too because weirdly so my sister went to public school so (laughs) my brother and i were homeschooled but my both my parents worked and so my godmom would stay with us but she had a job where she was like on the phones. So no one was watching us and no one was like <laughs> doing the actual schooling yeah. of the oh home. Oh my gosh. So you, um, it was all supposed to be self-taught yeah, stuff. It was all self-taught. So my brother wow. would just like get the answers in the back of the book and then play Zelda all day. <laughs> and luckily, and I would sit literally out in our yard and read cover to cover a, te- a history textbook. Was this like a Becca books, Bob Jones? A Becca was, yep. uh, was ours. Uh, and then eventually I did do like my freshman year of high school, um, like an online thing for just English and history I want to say and I rem and I remember the first time I wrote an essay was for the online school and they sent it back and they were like this is bad this is not good oh no and I and it was a real like struggle to get me to a place where I could write like an essay and then sophomore year I went to a private Baptist school that a lot of kids at my school uh my church went to that was basically like a homeschool co-op in many ways yeah because like I like don't know. I don't know class. that uh, there were like yeah, maybe like seventeen kids in the, my sophomore class, mm-hmm. um, and it was like K through uh, you know twelve. And I don't know who was like certified to teach at this school. There was a lot of 
like it wasn't the, an accredited the Spanish teacher was just a woman who spoke Spanish. Um, the si- the guy who taught all the science classes was previously a lab technician at the hospital. Okay, um, well, yeah. So I was so, a part of one of those it. ragtag groups as well, like a co-op homeschool where it was very. It might, it might have been a little more because yeah, it, yeah, it was a little. But yeah, it takes a village. That, Did you, were you the one who wanted to go to that school? Yes, like I you campaigned for. It? I campaigned to because that I I wanted to go to public school because that my sister went to public school right and she was in like plays and stuff and I remember I will always remember seeing her in plays in high school and that's what made me want to be doing theater and like acting and Mm. stuff like that and um and I never understood and they just like didn't trust me and rightfully so because I think they could all sense that I was just like rip roar and ready to go and be like in the world um but uh yeah so I went to this like fucked up Baptist school where Every day, like the girls, like had these like psychotic dress checks where it was like it had to be five fingers on the ground, your skirt. Everyone had to wear a skirt. Um, and like if you wore too much makeup or you were out, like not wearing the dress code, they would make you wear these like disgusting dresses just to humiliate you God. for the rest of the day. They had a stock of dresses. Was it like, <laughs> was it like Amish attire? Yeah. Like- it it yeah, was basically I- like these huge thrift store, like shapeless oh. sacks. I had one of these schools um, in the town where I lived and I went to a Christian school growing up and it was like a pretty big, it was like a Calvary Chapel Christian school, you know, so pretty mainstream. Your Chick-fil-A, you know, of Christian schools. Oh, hell yeah. Then, Speaking my language. Yeah. And Love then, um, but I had, um, I had friends and they were a family of six kids, I think. And they all went to kind of a ragtag Baptist school and all the girls couldn't cut their hair, long denim skirts in the, in desert of Lake Elsinore of California, which is just like hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently I looked that church up and they had a sexual predator on the of staff. So that was pretty cool. That, did you have any interactions with this? No, predator? I didn't. Yeah. But the only time I <laughs> they actually ever went to their church was they had kind of a Halloween hell house now that I think about it. Oof. But it was kind of like a mix of that plus not scary farm. Like there was a guy with a, um, what's that called? Chainsaw? Chainsaw. You know the noise, but not the name. <laughs> that's incredible that's well skill. Christian education is you know it's yeah, yeah. body vocab not, <laughs> not didn't a quite get there. I, I hated it too I really did because I knew it was bullshit yeah. and I knew that I like I was like I, and I already was like I wasn't even like transitioning out of being a believer because I was like still deeply entrenched in my youth group my home youth group mm-hmm. um, Word of Life did you are you guys familiar with no, Word of Life no is that like an organization Word of Life is like yeah it's like a franchise youth group like curriculum and there's a okay, there's yeah. a big there's a there's two camps in New York um, that are huge one is um, it's uh, for elementary through eighth grade is it's called the ranch and then for high school age kids it's called the island and it is actually one of the most insane like camps I Still, I we would drive. I went three years in a row, and we would drive in these huge conversion vans mm-hmm. um, to New York from Illinois, where I lived, uh, and go to these camps. And like, it was oh, and, and Word of Life is also like uh, a Bible, a two year Bible school, uh, college type okay. thing too. Okay, and so yeah, it and it like was the time of your life because some of those camps are like tricked out. Oh yeah, I mean there was just like everything you can think of: zip lines and paintball and and the blob. The blob, yes, yes. and um, <laughs> all this stuff. And you would meet all these other kids from and just the 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 
the disposable cameras that I had from those weeks. I can't. And they split everybody up into a red team and a blue team at the beginning of the week. Oh, and then so the whole week it's like a competition. Competition, and uh-huh. every year I would go and I would throw all my secular CDs into the fire. You know, <laughs> oh, boy. and I would like I would be like, no more Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Goodbye, Michelle Branch. Farewell, Titanic soundtrack, Volume yeah. One and Two. Like, Goodbye, Shrek the Daredevil soundtrack. Well. Goodbye, Daredevil. the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Oh. Goodbye. No, not yeah, that one. That I one's good. Brandy, Avril Lavigne too. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> this is a Christian now, so jokes on you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's, I remember we used That's to good. like. So Word of Life also had these like um, competitions. So basically, uh, it's sort of like basically Christian forensics, and you would have like an area competition, a regional competition, and then a state competition, and then a national competition. Whoa. Um, and so uh, I would do. All, as many as I could, like puppets was a big one that I was involved in. Um, Ooh, forensic puppets, yeah, where you would like competition, yeah, competition, and uh, uh, you would do, you could have small group uh, dramatic performances, individual wow. dramatic performances, this preaching. Like Men, guys, boys could do preaching, and girls had to do storytelling. Oh no, it um, couldn't get more on the mm, nose. Yeah. Turn this um, and then but the big, the big marquee thing was um, the Bible quizzing for me. And yeah. we went to we went to nationals every all three years. Wow. I was a pro. How um, much of impressed. it do you retain in 2019? You know what? So weirdly, I was also on the Bible quizzing team at my school that that Bobo uh, Christian school that I yeah. went to, mm-hmm. and I remember more of that because the the Word of Life Bible quizzing was like. Uh, stuff from sections of the curriculum books that they would issue every year. So like, that's a little bit more like whatever, whatever. And then like various um, like verses that you'd have to memorize, like sort of at random. Whereas the one for the school, it would just, they would pick a book of the Bible and then the team would split it up amongst themselves. So I, at one point in my life, I knew the first 11 chapters of Acts by heart. Oh my God. That is so Um, much. And well, I also did over. I covered other people's chapters because they were bad. Uh, so I was only supposed to, I think, <laughs> to do like the, the first everyone. eight. Yeah, and then Goodness. I covered three more because I was like so. I to, to this day, I'm very, very good at like rote memorization. Like That's it can incredible. just. It's one of the most useful skills that I've retained from this period of my life. Um, but yeah, it. I if you started reading acts to me i could it, probably muscle memory my way please don't like fill in a little bit what uh what translation are we talking uh, about NIV? niv yeah i N- think niv N-K-J-V? i remember Ooh, i remember i brought the message to <gasps> youth group one time and i got i got that. dragged i got dragged <laughs> so hard for bringing the message i um, um i was in a religion class one time in, in my christian high school and a girl we were all allowed to do kind of like a presentation on whatever i did mine on the christian flag and why it's like iconography and we oh shouldn't have my it. my God. <laughs> and wow. then, um, That's pretty countercultural. It was, that. yeah. And I almost got in trouble and like she wanted to give, anyway. But uh, the girl gave her presentation on the message and how it's secretly a Satanist book oh because she said whenever they refer to Jesus, they call him the great master. The dude. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, the great master, if you look up, has roots in Satanism and this is secretly a Satanist. 
You can find for any. So Meanwhile, Satan is like a minor character in the Bible. <laughs> I know. Like truly, and not even a, a consistent figure. No, like, it's all he's like a recurring guest star. So much hell isn't even like is barely uh, a fixture yeah. in the Bible. And what like a weak uh, thing for Satan to do to like make a better version of the Bible yeah. for us to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> like, An easier us. one to understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder what gave it such a stink. If it was the Bono endorsement, if it was the fact that it was accessible for people that weren't smart. It's so wild to me because I remember as I started to like deprogram myself right like even before I went to public school like once I got my job at Coldstone Creamery and was introduced to other gay teens and sort of like uh, really got close to kids who secular kids. Where is this geographically? Uh, Right outside Chicago. Okay great. Yeah because I had a little Coldstone stint as well. There's a lot of parallels here. Um I remember like pushing back and this was really this was a tough period of time for me because I I had known I was gay for a long time mm-hmm. and I remember like creating dummy accounts and going to like Christian teen message boards and like posting questions about it and like go- I mean Google I I remember I will always remember this moment in my life and this is right before I got kicked out of youth group for hanging out with a gay kid and and zang- writing about it on my Zanga Oh, right. Wow. That was like a, that's like a brief moment in time. It was like pre Tumblr, but post Live Live Journal. Journal. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, when you wrote about on your Zango, were you talking about like how it was transformational, or you just like happened to mention? And Uh, I was with Daryl. Or I was with Kevin. Yeah. 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 Uh, And but I remember sending to Jenny Connor, who was like in youth group with me, and then sort of graduate married our our youth pastor's son. And so, like, sort of de facto became, like, sort of a leader. And she was such a close friend and, like, someone I looked up to and depended on and was, like, so kind to me, even when I was, like, truly not well socially, like, adept. I'm, I'm, you know, it took me a while after being homeschooled to, like, get the hang of being around people. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't always like this. No, 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 no. (laughs) And she was always such a, like, a beacon for me. And I remember finding, stumbling online, this article from this mom who was a Baptist and she was an evangelical and, like, her son was gay. And like she wrote this long blog post about how like the Greek translation of all the th- all the mentions of homosexuality in the New Testament of what where we really point to of like you know this homosexuality is wrong and like if you look at the historical context and actually go back to the Greek there is no word for homosexuality as we understand it today right. like two men in a con- two adult men in a consensual relation loving relationship like if you look at those the, the original translations it's about pederasty and like rape and and all right. these other things that like don't there is not one it's not there just isn't um, a corollary yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. at all and she broke this down and it was truly a moment of like eye opening like a a moment of where and honestly and so I sent it to Jenny I emailed it to Jenny and I was like what do you think about this and she sent me one back and she was like I think she's incredibly misguided Um, and you know she probably loves her son and and honestly that was a turning point because I was like oh okay well this is not a train that I can stop from coming. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gay, but I'm just gonna go to hell, and that's just, I guess, how I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to live with that and accept yeah. that. And so like maybe a month or two later, I came out. I wasn't like at the church anymore, and I for like that whole year lived my life being like, well, uh, I am gonna burn in hell for eternity for you this. You still believed but, in hell at that point. Yeah, still. Right? I yeah. still. It was a thing where I was like, 
this this is who I am. It, it, it was a, in that journey. It was like, well, I can't change this about myself. So I'm not going to try anymore because clearly that's not going to happen. And it's also untenable and incompatible with this religion that I still believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this is the answer is, is that I'm just going to, I'm going to go to hell and I might as well just like live it up mm-hmm. as much as possible yeah. now, which was like so fucked up and not a healthy way to be living yeah. my life. Party um, on the way down. Yeah. Party just, on the way uh, down. To rewind real quick. I mean, up until this point, would you describe yourself as like pretty devout, yeah. or, like pretty sold out on the oh whole God, idea yeah. of Christianity? Um, on fire, if you will. Yeah. On you were acquiring the fire. fire. <laughs> just like hands in the air, like crying, <laughs> baptized, like the whole nine yards. I was, yeah. I bought in yeah. to it. And I think it was a, a I, and I think it was part of the just, just wanting to belong in a big way. And um, it just, honestly, it was one of the only periods of my life where my parents were so proud of me. Um, yeah. Were so like on board for the person that I was. Cause I, I always, I struggled a lot as a kid. I had a lot of like emotional outbursts and it was a lot of it just being repressed and not like being able to express myself and not being able to talk about what I was feeling and not living in an environment where that was encouraged. And like, and so this period of my life where I was like so like living for the Lord and living out loud for oh, the yeah. Lord <laughs> and my parents, it made stuff. my parents so happy. Mm. And so I think like a combination of just like wanting to belong to this community and also seeing that really made me like l- lock into it in a, in a really uh, specific way. And so, yeah. And then the rest of this, I've talked about this part of the story uh, on a few other podcasts. It is actually, it is funny because I was worried when I came in, I was like, oh, you know, I feel like I've talked about my like Christian upbringing a lot. But then coming in here, I was but like, not oh, to our audience. no, 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 not to your audience, but also not with the specificity that I've been able to talk about. Yeah, here because, because we know con- a lot you all of the have the context. Yeah. 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 Um, so please go as deep as like, you like to, to mention the message on, you know, like <laughs> right. spontaneity nation or whatever, you know, it's just <laughs> like, like R.I.P. Eugene Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would go so well um, with Paul. Yeah. but uh yeah no and so i i that was i was out in high, my junior year pretty much the entire year just sort of like living and experiencing and then my beginning of my senior year my parents read my journal sort of the jig was up and um it was really so you're still living dark. at home yeah it was okay. a really dark tumultuous time oh man for me and it was just uh a, a, a like months of conflict so around november i moved out and i just sort of like couch hopped and and slept on a couple of different friends houses um and then there was like one girl who sat next to me in choir who was like a jock and very popular in a very different way. Cause I was also very popular at this point. Mm, yeah. um, and she was like, Hey, if you ever need a place to stay, like you can always stay with me. And I was like, sure, sure, sure. You're just being nice. You, you like clearly don't mean this. And then one night it was getting colder and I got desperate. And so it was like just after Thanksgiving and I like showed up at her door and I was like, Hey, remember you said that thing. And her parents were like, you can't just invite strange boys <laughs> to come and stay here. Like her dad's a paraplegic. She had two younger brothers. Like her house was like, like there was a lot going on there that like adding some stranger to literally everyone in the house was not going to work out. But um, I stayed that night and then the next night they invited me back for dinner and then I ended up living there the rest of my senior year. Oh, wow. And they, you know, they bought their, they, them and the church bought me um, a car for graduation because I should say he is the Methodist pastor. Her dad was the Methodist pastor oh, okay. in our town. Okay. Um, and they like co-signed my student loans and like, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, and loaned me a car to like go visit colleges and like took me to college and stuff. And like, and the most important thing I think 
about this year that I lived with them is that they really like caught wind of like, oh, I'm going to hell, like the sort of stuff that I had internalized and Mm -hmm. were sort of like, and he was so progressive as a Methodist pastor, like, um, you know, like famously had this like big sermon where he talked about lowering the cripple into meet Jesus. And everybody thought that it was like about an allegory for him and his disability. And then at the end it was like twist. This is about the way that we um, reject gay people in the church. And like, we should be making space for, you know, uh, the LGBT community. And it was like, and he he might've gotten in trouble. I think people like were sort of mad about it. I don't remember, but um, yeah, he is incredible. And like that year was really transformative because he was like, that's not who God is there. Like hell does not exist. Like point blank. I remember, <laughs> I, I remember him look like the mo the day that, uh, they were like, hell does not exist. And like, oh my gosh. this is not something that you need to be worried about. Like this is not. And, um, yeah. And it's crazy. She's like, she's still my best friend and she's a, actually a Methodist pastor in Seattle at this point. Wow. Um, okay. And is... What wonderful people for you to land uh, I mean, with. I mean... Saved my life. Saved my life in a lot of You could have also landed with ways. a family that wasn't religious. Yeah. It would have been just as healing or whatever. But to have a person of authority say like, hell's not real. Yeah. You're okay. Because I'm sure, yeah, I would have untangled myself from that web yeah, at some point. But right to have there. it happen my senior year of high school and to like, you know, that was the last time I had a lot of boyfriends in my life. And so just to be able to like come home and like talk about boys with her mom and like uh, just be a normal kid was yeah. like such a huge thing for me and I and import, I don't know that I would have entered college as sort of healthy and self-actualized had I not met them and specifically been with a family that was religious and like and I think and they were really instrumental in helping me reconcile with my parents too when I was in college and really yeah, yeah. so were they your parents obviously knew you were staying with these people right uh, I don't kind think of, so. Or just uh, they, lost touch. I don't know where they thought I was. Okay. They at this point I didn't have a cell phone yet or right, anything like that. Right. Um, and like they knew. I, I remember there was. I also had like an in, insanely good uh, counselor at school who uh, knew what was going on and made it so that like Sarah's mom could call me out. And like sign my permission slips and shit like that, which I don't think is legal, strictly speaking. Um, <laughs> right. But like, like worked That's it so around. Nice. And so, yeah, and it was crazy because it made it so much easier. But the one thing I, I remember I got outrageously sick that winter with like bronchitis or something and I had to go to the doctor. And that was like the one time I saw my mom that year Whoa. was because like there was just no way I could like get around that with yeah. the insurance and everything like that. So yeah. uh, I just had like one silent moment with my mom in this like doctor's office where we like didn't look at each other and didn't talk. She signed me in like, Oh and then, man. Yeah. Oh mm. man. And then that family eventually got your parents to come around. Well, they weren't like, it wasn't all of them, but it was a lot of like, I think like for my parents, once they knew I was like staying with like a pastor and like who they were and like uh, it was easier for them to sort of like come around and realize that I was like okay and I think like the distance really helped I mean our relationship had been really strained and toxic for years um on both sides I was not an easy kid to raise by any means and you know I think it took me a long time to to own my part of that like if Mm. if we had been doing this podcast 
uh, like 10 years, not, not even like six years ago, seven years ago, I would have been like, this is a classic story of a parents not accepting their son. <laughs> Pure villains. Throwing me out on the street. <laughs> villains. Um, and, uh, and I think it's the older I've gotten and the more... I've reconciled with my parents. I think like there's a lot of shades of gray and there's a lot of blame that I take in it too. And yeah, it's just, it's a much more complicated. I think like I loved to fan, like, especially in college, like telling boyfriends and stuff like that. This story is just, I think I really loved the narrative of like, I was rejected by my family. Uh, well, it's I, easy because it's almost like a coping mechanism to reduce it down yeah. to like very easy to understand players and villains yeah, yeah. and heroes. And, well, and you're still in, like adolescent, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so like your brain too. is not formed all the way, and like you, it's hard to, it's hard to just be a teenager point blank. Then you add religion and being this like weird uh, other stuff all thrown at the same time. So yeah, it was, yeah. Is tough. So once you kind of like were able to sort of slide out of evangelical Christianity, was it then easy to just go no Christian at all? Yeah, I don't know if for me, uh, I have always, I think, skewed very like spiritual, yeah. like in a way, it's hard to really deprogram completely for me. So I, and it's so funny because like in college, I get really into like astrology and stuff like that. And I think I've always, I was always sort of like searching for like things to fill like that space in my, um, inside myself. And I don't know, I, I think at best I would say I'm agnostic now. Uh, I don't know that I, I believe in like organized religion and it's like so much harder to buy it. Like just even thinking like, and, and it's fun, funny, Sarah, who's my friend, who's the pastor now, is like very like God doesn't have a gender, and like the Bible, and like I don't think she believes that like the Bible is the you know that God spoke through the Holy Spirit through God. these mm-hmm. like things. It's, it's very like based on historical context, and like what can we, what lessons can we learn from what they were experiencing and how they were experiencing God and how you know the way that we experience because like she's very much like let's have church in this brewery, you know, Sounds and, like, like me. let's go, like <laughs> let's go and like. You know, drive these people to, um, you know, an anti-ice protest because that's the way that, like, that's what she believes her position as a clergy member is, is to, like, wear her collar in the middle of a Black Lives Matter protest as, like, a statement about, like, who God is, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and so, like, that I can get fully on board with. And I think she is deeply frustrated with, like, sort of the bureaucracy of the organized yeah. church and organized religion and, like... And I, and it's that I think like she's working within a system to I think make her community better in a lot of ways that are very tangible and so I think that's why she puts up with the system. I don't have to do that, uh, so I don't. And I I don't know exactly if I believe in God. It's hard for me to believe that everything is random. Yeah. But and I do believe in ghosts absolutely. Uh, that's my next question yeah, is do you believe say. in ghosts besides the Holy Ghost <laughs> if he's out who's in yeah. can I ask you a more specific ghost yes. do you believe in demons no I'm so I don't scared. know I don't know it's actually you know I will say that like to this day horror movies uh I love horror movies the ones that do scare me are like demon demonic ones. stuff oh yeah, yeah. well I Hereditary. was raised uh, I don't know if this that does, know, not that, that not up. even because it's like witch. I like witch, 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 yeah. witch adjacent. I stuff. had learned that like ghosts are actually just demons trying to trick us. So even ghosts aren't like fun you know, and spooky. <laughs> I talked to somebody oh, who was like, yeah. I talked to a, a ghost debunker 
worked once oh. who and his thing isn't even that like it's all like lights and like you know flickers <laughs> and electro electrical problems mm-hmm. it's like a lot of these ghost stories that you hear are, are are moments where like or places where extremely violent dark like uh things happened murders and things like that yeah. and it's like that leaves an imprint on that space and this it's is not a spiritual ghost and it's bunker. not yeah and he's like it's not like a person with a personality and agency who's like haunting that space like that you can communicate with who's like having thoughts currently it is like an a, an imprint of like psychic pain that has been left on that space that now it's just sort of like <laughs> Caroline's tripping out like an Instagram oh. story basically that's like just reverberation like, yeah a reverberation which honestly like not like a soul I can kind of get behind that it makes sense to me on a weird level I don't know and again yeah. like I huh. just refuse to like step back far enough from my like cuckoo banana like upbringing of christianity i guess that i i have to like hold on to it a little bit and that i think is as far away from it as i can get yeah is that ghost can still haunt us in different ways that makes sense to me in an impersonal way damn wow because you feel it in spaces yeah i was yeah i was gonna say because that kind of checks out to me i don't know and this could just be nothing but like those times when you've like walked in a room and you're like something's off the energy is off even yes. even empathy just like general empathy yeah like when you walk in and you can sense the tension in a room yeah like that times a thousand because someone was fucking murdered violently and with you know yeah. terribly see i think the, the demon conversation stuff always gets back to around this area where i think it is so synonymous with everyone else like all these other terms that people are using for like there's an energy or there's an aura Uh or there is like your your dad phil is back from the grave and haunting your ass like it all feels synonymous for the same thing that we're talking about you know what i mean Mm. like i think there's more overlap than we give credit yeah yeah where it's not like, oh, no, we're talking about two different things. Like, mine are spiritual. Yours are like, you know, a fun story or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, we all have this reference of something. Yeah. Yeah, mental wrong. pain can be a demon, too. Yeah, but what about positive ghosts? Positive like, ghosts? Like I don't believe in those. Sweet ones. Casper? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't believe like in those. Like hot Casper. I don't believe in those. Sexy. I'm going to <laughs> slutty Casper for Halloween next year. Oh, boy. That would be cool. Yeah, I can't get behind ghosts. I can get behind demons more than ghosts, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't that. know. Yeah, I don't know how much that is just like my lymphatic system or whatever freaking <laughs> out and how much is whatever. Do you feel like you've encountered something like that recently? Um, you don't have to talk about n- it. No, but like you said, like I am still deprogramming and I have shared this a little bit before, but I was deeply afraid of demons for like a really long time in life and like kept me up at night. And so I oh, so I used to work um for a restaurant company and one of the restaurants they were like oh yeah there's a ghost on the second floor she's there you'll see her don't worry about her and so I had to go to the bathroom on the second floor for whatever reason and I was like shaking and panicking like she's gonna be here and I'm not ready for it and okay I'm on the toilet and the light timer goes off (gasps) and so it goes pitch black at my most vulnerable ass out (laughs) ghost is here no one cares no one would even be sympathetic to me and be like why oh they'd be like why are you scared yeah that's a moment of humility yeah timer light goes and i'm just like really scared like something is here oh that's a bomb you know so but you made it was yeah i didn't see shit 
I'm really well. Maybe you did. Yeah, that's that. true. Well, no, I couldn't because the light was off. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really happy to hear that you had such a corrective experience so early. Because usually, the moment you're describing does happen at some point for people who are messed up from the upbringing or still entangling it, but usually happens like post college yeah. or like in their thirties or something. But to have it so soon is such a like a moment of grace. Like you're saying, it did save you from so much future pain yeah. and being able to be adept in those situations and yeah. that you could express a way of belonging yourself that wasn't predicated on uh, ascribing to all this theology and all these terms. Right. And we raise our hands like this, but that the guy, that the Methodist pastor could be like, no, 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 whatever, yeah, who right. cares? Yeah. yeah, and you can belong in this space. It's nice, yeah. So now I do hard drugs because they're fun, not oh, because yes. I'm trying to disassociate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not leaning into the mm-hmm. hell of For the listener at home, we've prepared a wonderful <laughs> spread on the coffee table before us. <laughs> Mountains of heroin. Yeah, for us to partake of during the break. <laughs> I wanted to ask one more thing. Is, uh, are either of your siblings still religious in any way? Uh, don't talk to my brother really at all. Okay. Um, my sister married my youth pastor's brother. His youth pastor family so. was like yeah. getting it on. Yeah, big oh, fan. Okay. Big fan. <laughs> okay, um, cool. So she's so, still pretty into this. Yeah, but thing? it's weird. Um, I'm still, I think my sister is like a progressive evangelical in okay. a lot of ways. Like, I think she's still my home. Uh, it's actually though, it's like crunchy Christian. And it's weird where the right and left intersect on one thing sometimes. And that is not vaccinating um <laughs> yes so I know, yeah i know what you mean. like she had a doula like she's very like crunchy in that like way earthy, like earthy Christian. essential like, oils yeah lots of yeah. oils like telling me to like take fish oil all the time like all mm-hmm. these supplements and stuff like all natural uh-huh. everything organic everything like won't let her son pasteurized well i mean nephew or my niece like eat certain like things which i it's like i can't fault like that is like the least i think of of their worries <laughs> um so you know if that's what they want to focus on rather than like what media are they consuming like locking every channel on the cable box then sure yeah you know. wow except for tbn or something or just all of them um there were a couple like vh1 mtv locked comedy central locked uh you're saying they didn't USA get to watch locked. i love the special? 80s <sighs> i mean or just special i i would watch <laughs> those i love shows truly gave me when I watched them in, in education, college, right? Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, I know sh- half the shit I know about from the '90s. I know about from those shows because I was not allowed to consume Andy Dick's any of it. Talking head. In My it. parents wouldn't yeah. let me get the Backstreet Boys CD because of the song "No Matter Who You Are, What You've Done, Where You've Been, As Long As You Love Me." Because they're like, Joel, it does matter what she's done uh, <laughs> oh and who she is. Like, oh um, and I was like, I'm nine. That song. <laughs> I, I would like. What to. has she done? Yeah, Eating Christian remix. Donuts? I care who you are. Who your parents. <laughs> Parents are your social status in the church as long as you're a virgin. Uh, yeah. One yeah. of those. Uh, so I guess we can maybe transition into talking about what you could consume yeah. at your house. Oh, like, boy. Content was a big one. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Let's talk about it. Well, yeah. let's first take a break. Okay. And we'll be right back, back with more. With that. By the way, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. That yeah. was really generous and vulnerable and very sweet to hear. Uh, we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. (sighs) That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Let's dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Sound oh familiar? Stephen Curtis Chapman, right? Hey, Yay! what was your exposure to that stuff? Um, he, I was, in hindsight, I ju- literally just flashed in my mind, was like deeply sexually attracted to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, Good choice. A He's sweet elfin man. A little button. Yeah. More so than a Smitty man, a, a SCC man. Um, Michael W. Smith. The Clooney. He's yeah, a Clooney did you meets have Jay Leno. Yeah. CCM crushes. Um, I mean, yes, definitely. Stephen Curtis Chapman loved Bebo Norman. Um, Bebo was a heartthrob. Yeah, I We've loved. Talked- um, <laughs> you Reliant don't K, this. obviously. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. When we were going plus back, one. Like Kevin Max. Oh, plus one. They're great. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> so I was asking Joel about things we might talk about. And usually when it's a comedian, Joel's stature, it's like, oh, I don't know. I'll just pick a movie or something. But immediately it was Extreme Days, Switchfoot, Reliant yeah. K, Third Day, like, and three other things. We tried to do Extreme Days, but we couldn't find a clean copy of Wait, it. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, we really oh, wanted to watch it. No, we got it. one. We have two DVDs of it. Oh, That wasn't mind. what happened at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was one we found, there was like on YouTube. It was like so distorted and weird. Oh, yeah. It was gross, but we have the DVDs. But we came clean, right uh, Okay, we'll get to Extreme, extreme Days. days was like a sleepover movie that like I would watch with my guy friends from mm-hmm. the church that like I was like yeah fuck yeah I love this movie <laughs> and then and I living in extreme days oh god I hated this movie you hated it I hated it and we watched it every <laughs> fucking like quarter I'd like, have yeah, to watch this red. movie and I'd be like yeah I love it when they light their farts on fire and I 
And do I, they do that? I've never yeah. seen it. Yeah, but that, that's like in the trailer. Oh, Caroline Dally yeah. hated it. Oh boy. Um, yeah, Rufio was in it. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. That really um, um, unfortunate. Made so it legitimized it. For did me. you? Uh, was it a setup where you replace all the secular culture you would have consumed with the Christian stuff, or was it a blend? Yeah, I would go in these waves where like I would only consume Christian culture, and then I would like eventually sort of like let like dashboard confessional sort of like slip in mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but like they're confessing yeah <laughs> their sin. but there was there was forgive me father there were I definitely rocked. like moments probably like eighth grade ninth grade where i was primarily consuming uh christian music i remember i literally remember when they announced on the christian radio station that i listened to that evanescence they would no longer be playing evanescence because That's right because they like evanescence came out and we're like no 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 no, we're not christian anymore yeah, like we're that's not how we label ourselves. I didn't even know they were Christian mm-hmm. in the yeah. first place. Yeah, they it's were in Lifeway and Family Christian stores Whoa. for a while for okay. that first one. So wake me up, wake me, wake up, inside. me up inside. That's about the Lord, man. <gasps> yeah. Wow. But the thing is, is like, so I grew up listening to a lot of adult alternative rock on if you lived in the chicago suburbs 101.9 the mix um (laughs) and so like literally like what i now recognize to be mainly music that plays in your dentist's office Uh, (laughs) um sure but like um but and then some like grungier stuff like like liz fair and like um um alanis and stuff like that was like huge for me jewel um, mm-hmm. Matchbox 20, Everclear, like all of these bands were like the th- stuff I was growing up on. But some of my favorites uh, were um, Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, then that <laughs> makes sense. You would like Third Day. And third Day, as I was listening to it, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, that's why I loved this band so much. And yeah. this this record, or this album specifically, was because I was like, oh, this is just Hootie and the fucking Blowfish. Um, <laughs> totally. Well, their first one even more so, because... So Mac Powell, Mac Powell is the lead singer of Third yes. Day. And by the end of it, the only member left, they just disbanded last year. I did year. not know that. They yeah. had a little farewell tour. They <laughs> Like a few months ago. A few months ago. And on the screen, after, like at the end of the show, it would say, bye, y'all. <laughs> that was the sign. <laughs> at the end of it, by the end of it, it was just Mac Powell and one of the guitarists. All the other ones had transitioned wow. out. Till it was just Mac Powell, and he was doing like countryside projects and stuff. Right. But yeah, a band started in Atlanta, Georgia, in the early '90s. Very much Hootie, very much Pearl Jam at the beginning. Nickelback. Of yeah, a little bit of Nickelback in there, sure. Yeah, like that voice that Mac uses feels like I'm always surprised when there's more bands that sound like that because I'm like, what was going on? Why were there 17 of you doing that Darius voice? Darius Rucker was going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved yeah. it. And I was singing. I remember it literally like kicked in. I could, I skipped every, all the same songs. I was like mad about the same songs, loved the same songs, mm-hmm. could sing, it was just like sing. And it was so funny because I remember like, I had this moment while I was listening and I was like, why don't I just like listen to this? Why don't I just like put this in my regular rotation? Mm-hmm. Like what's the, like, cause like it's the re- reverse of the problem with like a lot of secular music at the time. Cause I remember being like, well, the like lyrics aren't like objectionable, but they're just not about God. So like, does that matter? And of course, like it would be like, yes, it does. Just because <laughs> of the type of music you like, it doesn't matter. You have to, and now I don't, care about that so i'm like does it matter if i'm like singing along to this worship song and i don't believe in in the content jesus like <laughs> i think it's totally fine yeah it's I like viewing it. it it's like what aaron said about christian movies being a genre like sci-fi it's like 
You don't got to believe in aliens to enjoy Independence yeah. Day. Yeah, you don't. I want to see that movie where that little girl falls out of the tree and cures her cancer. <laughs> uh, right. We watched it. We yeah, did. It was wild. Miracles That's so. I feel like I'm heaven. still too close to it to to be that objective or like separated from a worship song, especially ones that I knew. And and we can talk about it, but there were songs that came on here that I'd heard before. Oh, 40 Days and 40 Nights. And I was like getting emotional in my car, yeah. singing with it. And I was like, where is this coming There's from? There's one I don't song, like 40 Days, kind of stuff. Show Me Your Glory was one that we'd Show Me Your Glory group. got me. Um, yeah. <laughs> show me. <laughs> I don't. What do we um, call it? Show me your whole place. Show me. Your I don't whole know. Please. Okay. So, by the way, this album that we're talking about is their fourth album, "Come Together." Came out in two thousand one. After what? What are you? Are you doing the peace sign because it's "Come Together"? Yeah. You're disgusting. <laughs> or are you going to call them "Turd Spray"? I've been waiting for that. Wait, no, can that I was also yours. say yes? Going back, I just this just "Come Together" really brought this back to my brain. I volunteered at a. Um, uh, a Christian camp near closer to my home when I was like a uh, freshman in high school and all the other volunteers one night were jerking off together oh and so I like hit underneath my song. I, Sorry, I hit underneath my blanket <gasps> and I remember being like so scandalized and of course it was because I was like so turned on by this idea Sounds hot. and I actually will never forget there was like one of the guys who was like a counselor he was probably like 17 18 i remember i was like showering and then he like there were all the other showers were empty and he like opened the shower and got in like butt ass naked and he was like oh sorry and i was like it's okay and like i remember he had like a body too and i the image of his ass has stayed with me to this day i could jerk off to completion to just (laughs) The image of his ass that in my brain. Don't remember what his name is. Hot. Remember what he looks like. I could draw him for you. Do um, you think he did that on purpose? I like that's mm, the thing. That's the thing that really would haunts he? me. Because right? I'm like, he had to. Yeah, he, he. I don't know though, because I was like, pro, I was like 14 or 15. But maybe that was oh. his way of saying, "Hey, I'm here too." I'm I guess he was only like 17, so incredible. it's not like that fucked up. But yeah, wow. no, yeah. that's my favorite church camp story we've heard what? so far. How, did you walk in and they were doing it, or no, you were like we all, all in bed, in bunk beds in the same room, like speak it out loud, or just happen? I'd just... like to think that that's what Mac Powell would have wanted to happen to the tune <laughs> yeah, of this song. Come together, yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy, Whoa. boy, good I'm grief. I've been thinking about that for a while. I actually, I agree with Joel. I think, because I know, and we've talked about this kind of like, huh, voice yeah. before. I think this is the best version of that kind of yeah. voice. Like, there's the casting crowns and the Mercy oh, Me, where yeah. it's just so like, blah, like it's oh my just. God, that Mercy Me ma- movie made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, it made a shit ton of money. It's mm-hmm. very profitable. We saw it in theaters, so yeah. we contributed. And we oh, loved geez. it. <laughs> and we did our part <laughs> for this podcast. Unbeknownst to um, them. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I. I found myself being like, on principle, I don't like this kind of voice, but I have to admit, like, it's kind of nice, and it's got this certain timber, and the, it's a the, little country. And the range for me is like right where I can sing really well. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, I never felt like I was being strained. I was never. I was like, I'm not getting notes from singing along to this, and I appreciate. That. Yeah, there's no in Michael W. Smith notes where it's like you're straining, crucified, like any of those. That's probably why it sounds good too, because he wasn't like going out of his. Sure. Well, and there was. I had a sensation because I've gone through a cycle of this of like, like I I was into Third Day when oh, I was a were. kid. Like I had time. I had offerings. The album before this, and I had come together. I saw them live. 
the, uh, Kindle Payne was their opener, another Christian artist okay. that we should talk about at some point, and they rocked. And I rem- I have these like really vivid memories of uh, the like the group of boys I was hanging out with singing along to some of their songs, like uh, Thief. Do you know that song? Yeah. I am a thief. I am a murderer, which is like written from the perspective of the thief on the cross next to Jesus. And it's actually a pretty good wow. song. But of like these 14 year old boys being like, oh, I'm a thief. I am a thief. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, what was I going to say? But oh. I will say, like, with his voice, I went through it where it's like, oh, this rocks, I love it. And then later on in adult life, I was like, oh, Eddie Vedder exists. Yeah. And it was almost like the equivalent of seeing La La Land and being like, La La Land rocks. And then watching Singing in the Rain, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on here. Like, well, oh, no. I, I literally can't believe I didn't suggest this because this just flashed in my brain. I saw a third day in concert with FFH. And oh, FFH yes. was the band that I went to see, mm-hmm. and oh. I fucking loved FFH. I'm going to listen to FFH on the drive home. What does that stand for? Do you remember? Uh, faith, faith is probably in there. Fear faith for hell. him. <laughs> faith, fear, hell. Wait, and what's the other FFH adjacent band? Avalon. No. For him. No. DC Talk. No. <laughs> oh fuck! It's going to drive me crazy. But it's it's letters. No, 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 no. It's like... Like that kind of sound. Over the mountain One of these days I'm gonna ride On the silver lining One of these days I'm gonna witness All I've been missing One of these days... Cademan's Call! Cademan's Call! Oh, yes, Derek Webb and all that. Yeah. Cademan's Call was great. But yeah, third day, I was actually, I was super into, and this was probably the peak of listening to Christian radio. So they were all, they were all over it because uh, as much as like radio itself, like regular radio is limited, Christian radio even more so because the pool is so small. Uh, So top 40 was like top 20. (laughs) And so you heard King of Glory from Offerings like five times. I'll tell you what, I went back, I was driving around in central Illinois where I went to college recently, Mm -hmm. and I get tricked all the time uh, because I don't listen to the radio very often. Who anymore. would? And I like I was like scrolling and I was like, who is this? Is this Marin Morris? Is this like who is this Katy Perry? And I it took me like three songs and then when I went back to the DJ, I was like, Oh, I've been listening to contemporary Christian music. There's uh, something about it that draws I know. you. I'm surprised you didn't you didn't pick it up. I, I can always tell. Oh, it's like mm, it's Christian. So yeah. did you have their albums? Would you like go out and buy their CDs? Oh yeah, the Christian oh yeah. I had a, and this uh, was your favorite of theirs. Yeah, this was my favorite third day for sure. I love. I mean, I just like there was a part of me when I the first listen through today, I was like, oh, a lot of these sound very similar mm-hmm. to me. Right. But then I like even looking at like songs like When the Rain Comes, that even the title stirred in me like i remember mm. just loving this song and honestly it this could play on like a t- on like a adult contemporary station yeah right and lyrically i don't think you'd know no 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 and this is one of the few ones on the album that could i i actually think this might be my favorite on the album i, yeah. I had the just, same this sensation is nice. like it's just a really nice one and this guitar at the top is really pretty i thought you were gonna change the lyrics on this no <laughs> it's something else <laughs> everything is perfect when the cushion seems that everyone has gone away. It's like a lullaby. And it's sweet. It's I like... just noticed the sleigh bells in the background. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh. That was honestly how I justified it. I was like, I'm going to listen to this album again. 
And it's like I listen to a lot. I love fucking Christmas music, and half that shit is about Jesus. So well, it's have like, you checked out Christmas offerings? By yeah, they oh. named one album offerings, and the next one was Christmas offerings. Offerings too. <laughs> Here we are again. It's, it's like when Michael W. Smith did worship. Worship again. Yep. I think this is That's beautiful. So pretty. This song is so good because it's it's kind of like they did this device a lot in their songs where they took on God POV to write it from. Yep. Yeah. Like uh, they're my favorite of theirs actually, a song that sometimes makes me cry is a song called uh, "I've Always Loved You" from mm. the Time album. That that song's really beautiful. So this is like I, I could see it being like, oh yeah, I'm God and I got it, and I can't stop. Well, I guess I can't stop the rain is a wild thing for God to say. Where it's like, <laughs> isn't that kind of your thing? It's yeah. like rain and floods and stuff. But this is like a father to a child or yeah. like a loved one to well, another loved one. I used because of songs like this. I used to argue. I I tried to get them to sing that. Was that? I don't remember the band name, but it's featured in Love Actually. The if I could, then I would <laughs> go wherever you will. Go and that's about missions trips. <laughs> and that I was like, listen to the lyrics. I was like, this could. I was like, we should be singing this in youth group. It checks out. I, I had a band play Michelle um, Branch everywhere. I could that's, walk I thought it was about God. miles and I could walk five. Okay, well that's a stretch. For that is the a Lord. And then I would say, yeah, to, to the Lord. I'm not kidding at the end. It was amazing. That's incredible. Um, yeah, this was so Christian pretty. Weird I will say I was kind of surprised by how strong the Christian content is in this album. Well, it's like, straight it's up worship undeniable, music. yeah, that any of this... Like, there's some... Sometimes with pop Christian, you can kind of get in, like, maybe it's a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. This was just, like, Lord, God, Jesus Christ, yeah. like, over and over Well, here, over I'm going to I'm gonna play 40 Days. Here I am, and what feels like again? This song is good. It gets me. Okay, I wrote down what I think are uh, the messages of each of the songs. You gotta let the people hear the chorus, though, when it gets there. And in this trial that I'm going through, and I don't question because I know it's true. You knew this song? You'd listened to this before? I guess so. <laughs> it made it in there. Like, I knew it. Isn't that wild? We would sing this, I think, in youth group worship. It's been 40 days and 40 nights Down with the men and tribes And I pray it's only for a season Cause in the wilderness and in the flood You're the one I'm thinking of And I know you run me for a reason Okay, I'm gonna do the thing that we kinda did with that Reliant K album we did, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to do the quick synopsis for what I think each song is actually about. So come together. It's, hey, fellas, can't we all just get along, denomination-wise? Also, 9-11. Because this came out the month after yeah. 9-11. This oh, was October wow. 2001. So yeah, I was going to say, come together was pretty, like, oh, pretty pluralist for yeah. these guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I, a lot of Christian magazines describe this as, like, third day is in their hippie phase now. Because <laughs> Mac Powell grew his hair out yep. and just kept the Jesus-y hair ever since. 40 good. days is, uh, pain is actually good. Thank you, God, for punishing me. <laughs> uh, show me your glorious God. You pretty now whip it out. Uh, get on is back off haters. That's the only one. That's one of the ones I skip. Yeah, country. Uh, that's a country fun song. Well, and this is where the god or boyfriend stuff does come into play. Where it's like it's not god or boyfriend. You're not. They're not. It's not like a Reliant K thing where it's like this could be about girl, but it is. God is your boyfriend <laughs> because yeah. it becomes a relationship album about 
Magpal's relationship with God. Uh, So my heart is, I'm a needy boyfriend. When God's not here, I dream about him. It's All Right is a premillennial second coming love ballad. He's waiting for God to come back. Uh, That one, he's very demanding. He's like, it's not a question of uh, will, but I want to know now when. Yeah. He's yeah. very demanding. I, yeah, I wrote down that one of like, I can't wait to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, uh, I love that genre. That is, I love no, that genre. That is, that is what bummed me out listening to this because I was like, oh yeah, like there are people out there who literally are just like, not living their lives. It's like counting the days. It is crazy. Well, yeah. and that's what, you know, hearing about your progressive pastor friend up in Seattle. And I know some people would say, oh, you're getting away from scripture too much. Or it's not just about social justice. But a lot of the alternative and like we need to be Bible based and we need to focus on the scripture. It does become a self suck after a certain point. And it is just like navel gazing of like, what is this for? Mm, if not the actual right. practical, tangible effect. So a lot of this where it's like, can't wait to die, God, you know. Like, like it's that's like, why. Well, what are you doing yeah. here? And that's so you why you don't have to work. That's <laughs> why, like, civil rights anthems and like old black spirituals are still so powerful because it's like functional to the cause. Right. It's not just God, you're great. The end. Bye bye. Right. Um, okay. Still listening. Still listening is, uh, and I couldn't articulate this as a child. It's just honky tonk woman by yeah. the Stones. You know what? This um, is, this is also Stones. this is a Cheryl Crow song too. Uh-huh. If it makes you This is a Mick Jagger. I wrote down Mick Jagger got saved and blames himself for not hearing God and then realizes everything is God speaking. I got you is okay. Now he seems kind of obsessed with God. I don't know. His daddy got us screwed up so bad. Take me back. When the rain comes is just a pretty love song. Uh, sing praises is boring worship and nothing compares is another boring worship song. Yeah. The last <laughs> two are. So, the, and this, like, this album is kind of a, a little microcosm of the trajectory of their career. Because the first, like, three albums they put out were, like, Southern Rock. It was very Black Crows and kind of up that ilk, like, Hootie and the Blowfish stuff. And then Offerings was huge. It was their biggest selling album. And they, I think, kind of led the charge in all these, like, actually interesting artistically rock bands or like doing their own thing or whatever just pivoting so hard into worship because that's where the success was and everyone did it so even on this album it's like the first like 10 songs or whatever not counting show me your glory like kind of like them noodling around and experimenting and then it's like all right we're just gonna do worship stuff and the albums after this are so boring they flatten out so much probably mm-hmm. until their last one revival that came out a couple years ago well i'm sure they were like I'm sure all of them pivoted into being worship leaders yeah. or in worship bands because they're like, oh, we can make a lot of money and just be in one place. Yeah. Like, well, and it is so funny too and because in demand, you know, because, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can get paid when those churches license the songs. And it's funny because on the first one, they're rock, they're they're rocking pretty hard. Second one, they're rocking even more, but then it didn't sell as well. So they're like, we're sorry, guys, and they kind of retreat into adult contemporary stuff in time. Yeah, and then it's just like full speed charging into it. Yeah, I was reading something kind of unrelated. It was it was an interview with Mac Pell about his country album that he just did. And he was addressing the fact that, like, a lot of people were upset he did a country because <laughs> it, like, wasn't Christian enough for them still. Um, and he was like, well, just wait for the next third day, Alan. Like, you'll love that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, so I, I usually expect to look into these guys and then find something ugly and dislike them. 
And who knows if they're like gay affirming at all or not. But as far, probably not. Although one of them, the former bass player, was tweeting about how much he loved Michelle Obama's book, which you wouldn't expect for like a Southern rock Christian. Oh, you remember? I wonder how they reacted to Jennifer Knapp. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, that is because she opened for them. I think yeah. at one point, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is their most recent studio album. This is the cover for their y'all. YouTube. So I think that says a lot. Yeah, the cover for their. It's just a it's a rainbow of diverse men and women, <laughs> correct? All hanging out together and oh, having yeah. a great time. Uh huh. I was doing the same thing, and I kept digging up stuff, and I listened to a lot of interviews, and they're just pretty straight across the plate. Christian guys, <laughs> yeah, just Christian dudes. But yeah, it definitely the I, the fact that they would like break up and Mac Bell's like, I'm over it. And there's only one other guy who I start because the rest of the people on the tour were ringers. It was just him and the guitar guy. So it's like what the Temptations do now, where it's like there's no Temptations in the Temptations right. anymore. They're like five generations removed. I mean, the lead singer is still there. That's that's pretty much all you need. One of my favorite things about Third Day is that. Uh, <laughs> You know, we talk about, oh, you know, bands, they're just doing the Christian version of whatever, like the Black Crows, or or this band is the Christian version of whatever. Do you guys happen to recognize the cover art at all for Third Day Revelation? So it is a particular, I encourage everyone to look it up. It looks kind of like Maroon 5 to me. It, it looks a little bit by Maroon 5 until you look up the following <laughs> album entitled... Hail to the Thief by Radiohead, in which you realize, oh yeah, oh. it's the exact same cover. Yeah. Just a different color story. It's the same, yes, it, yeah, that it's is the same. It's not even the same like font stuff. It is the same. Sort of. No, 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 you're wrong about Those look this. like license plates. The other one looked like pop art, like 3D stuff. No, I think you're wrong about this. I think you're this. wrong. I think I'm very right about this. Listeners. Wait, should we do uh, Show Me Your Hole, please? This yeah, this was the big worship standard from this album. Did you guys sing this one in church? Do you remember? I might have. This is 2001 production because there's beeps and boops. It was like very sampler heavy. Any other highlights? Anything else we want to talk about before we give our rating? I don't know. Were there any? What was your favorite one on this one? Did we play when it already? Comes, okay, yeah. good. When the sure. Yeah. Comes. This, I, this is a close second for me, though. For Show sure. me your glory. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never be the same. Show me your glory. Send down your presence. I want to see your face. note I had was uh, just kind of how sad it is to me continually to hear the songs about uh, men hating themselves <laughs> in these albums because I don't know is such a like the there classic a, I'm a piece of shit and yeah, how could you love me that story. lyric in one I, one of the later songs on the album I can't remember which one it is where he's like I can't believe you forgive me every time. I remember mm-hmm. listening to that song and that was basically like every time I would listen to that song, I would cry because I looked at gay porn again. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I know, exactly. It truly yeah. it. And I was like, yeah, he probably jerked off, yeah. you know, and like wrote this song <laughs> or he was like feeling prideful about being in a band. Oh my know? gosh. Like just little 
offenses the sin was to very our like manageable. Yeah, I know this is a rich father. text. I didn't realize. I think we both have more of a connection than Third Day than we thought we did. Yeah, if you knew most of the songs on this album. Yeah, but let's rate the album the way this works, Joel. We give it a holy roast or holy toast in the form of a thumbs down or a thumbs up. Holy toast, we send it all the way to heaven. Holy roast, we send it down to hell. Or if we're not sure and we want something in between, we can send it to purgatory, a la... So we'll start with Caroline. Um, I I think I'll send this one on the space between because uh, I think there's definitely some quality here. It's just so not my my genre i think uh, yeah you're more of a day I, <laughs> I was like i was researching this at a coffee shop and i was sitting next to like an objectively cool guy and i was embarrassed he was gonna look <laughs> at me on my computer and see like all like several tabs of third day stuff and he'd be like woo lame um and he had complimented my boots earlier so i was a little self-conscious about it so um, space between yeah space between it's like uh it's it's good but it's not like amazing to me. Yeah. You're not going to revisit it like you do Look Up Child. No. <laughs> People say we hate on Daigle too much. You gave it a holy toast. Yeah, I really liked that album. So we love her. Yeah. Joel, we turn it to you. Uh, definitely. I think I've been pretty clear. It's a holy toast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no one would misunderstand <laughs> you. I am going to download this album from, uh, not pay for it, Spotify. Sure. Oh, stream it all you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make it offline though. So that I can listen to it when I'm on a plane. Oh, yeah. Private <laughs> listening so no one else can yeah. see and be like, are you okay, Joel? Yeah. You getting back in your old ways again? You're going to use up phone space for <laughs> yeah, this phone sucker. space. That is nice. Oh, boy. I will give it a mild holy toast Thank as well. You. Because I, you know what? And be, you know, we can dog on the voice all we want to. I think it's, I've watched it's one a, of the best versions. A lot of live versions of these and his voice is strong and mm-hmm. soft when it needs to be there's some country re- uh, rearrangements he does of these songs and mr mac pal is one of, one of the first artists we've done who has his own podcast he hosts with his friend tug and it's called that. the mac and tug show oh jesus <laughs> oh baby and he loves Did bruce springsteen and him? took his daughter to see bruce springsteen in 2016 Ooh. so that carves a special place in my heart he also loves true him. detective season three well, oh, no. then he can't be all bad. Then. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he's probably cool. Yeah. There's there's probably some stuff. Uh, no one Google him and don't burst our yeah. bubble if there I is. I don't want to know that he like is like very big into like Prop 8. <laughs> he's like Mrs. Prop 8. Yeah. He's like still <laughs> like. <laughs> he throws TBTs yeah. with Prop Oh my gosh. Posters. I know. I kept Googling Mac Pal Trump and I couldn't find him. Thank <laughs> God. But, uh, okay, but we'll see. But we're not the final word. You're the final words. Go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter. You can give it a roast or toast or space between. So get out there and. Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hillary. All right. Let's wrap it up, friends. Yes, Bringing down the energy. Yes, Jalen. And the candles are lit. The lights are coming down in youth group. Communion is being A young passed. Joel is lifting his hands up, reaching a little bit higher to the sky to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to cry and I'm going to go up to the front and pray performatively in front of everyone. <laughs> Make sure everyone can see you. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. So the way this works, Joel, is we don't promote ourselves or plug our own projects. We lift it up to the Lord Okay. as a lovely and honest and earnest prayer. But so everyone can see it on these microphones. Got it. That's right. We start with you, Caroline. You can catch me lifting up our Lord Jesus Christ at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, this week I am going to lift up something I've really enjoyed, which is a book called The Power. Um, 
you might have heard of it. It was a bestseller. But it's uh, it's about what if uh, women are the people who had physical power in the world over men, and then slowly how like history turns around and turns on top of itself. Mm. And it is so good, and I can't stop thinking about it. And I need more people to talk about it with. So please read it. Joel, what do you have to lift up? Um, I would like to lift up my Instagram handle, I hate Joel Kim, um, to the Lord. Yeah. And when does Amen. this come out? This comes out next week. Next week. Um, so yeah, I will currently be on a cruise. Uh, oh, cool. in the, the DC talk, Jesus freak yes, cruise, yes, <laughs> which is a real one. thing that happened. Um, let me, where's my next date? Um, you can download the Dead Pilot Society podcast uh, and look for Birthright, which is my pilot, where Keiko Agena is reading that. Uh, oh, it's pronounced Agena for the next Agena. time you see her. Wow. Yeah. I was very embarrassed when I mispronounced her name That's on stage. That's humiliating. Um, yeah, for all of us. Yeah. Uh, and then otherwise, come to my show at, uh, if you're in LA at UCB Franklin. Um, it's called The Cure on Sunday, February 17th. I think Joel is one of the best stand-up comedians right oh, now. Oh, stop it. No, we've admired you from afar long before we invited you Thank on the show. Thank you guys so much. Oh, yeah. And slid into your DMs. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I'll lift up uh, <laughs> a podcast that I've been listening to every week, like the second it comes out, called The Big Picture, which tracks Oscar stuff. And I found out oh. this year, I'm kind of a little bitch for the Oscars. I love oh. all I've known this, this talk. for many years. I love it. I love predicting <laughs> and what you the Roma head? means. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'm Roma's going to win. I don't think it's the best movie that's I don't made think this so. year, but yeah, but I like it. Weighted voting? It's Roma will be up there because I think... Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book will be a lot of number ones and a lot of number tens. Yeah. Yeah. The preferential ballot will make Roma sink all the way up to the top. But that's how we got Shape of Water, too. But it saved us from a three billboards win. So That's true. So can't wait. We are putting money on it for our Oscar party. So I don't want to really say what okay, I think yeah, yeah, going to yeah. win because there's Ooh. money on the line. Uh, you can lift me up. Uh, oh, I already said that. Oh, and come out to Maisel Goy's Live March 23rd at Dynasty Typewriter, myself and Alice Wehrlin, and some stand-up friends. Uh, and you can lift us up everywhere at Christian Fun Pod, patreon.com slash goodchristianfund. Leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. We donate a dollar to charity every month. This month's charity is... It's Big Brother and Big Sisters organization. you probably heard of them, but they do mentorship. And I'm a big fan of mentorship. And if you can volunteer, go and check out their website. It's a great time. Hell yeah. Hey, Joel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. What a great guest for this show. I've been really looking forward to it. This was a blast. Yeah. This was so fun. There's nothing left to say except for in all of Pod's people said, Amen. Amen. Joel, what third day song do you want to go out on? Um, come together, I think. Yeah. I, it makes me horny. <laughs> we'll the, these beeps and boots. Just imagine Joel's pants right. <laughs> <laughs> I edited a church camp video to this song you and did. got in trouble for it later for some stuff I put in it. Oh, which I'll talk about at song. a later. No, it was a different one. There was two videos I got in trouble for. We'll talk about it later. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Next week on GCF, Kevin and Caroline are covering Sixpence None the Richer, their self-titled album. Oh, uh, hi, y'all. It's Mamie Grant. Sorry, I'm just getting to the point. I have things to do other than these outros. I have a career. I have a family, a husband I love, a great life here in Nashville. 
Why am I doing this? I don't know. And I spend so much time and I put on, you know, a silly face and a friendly front doing these. But really, Amy Grant's breaking. She's breaking. Yeah, that's me. So I'm just going to get to the point from now on. And next week it's sixpence, none the richer. You know, Lee Nash and all that kiss me. Oh, there I go again, going into that mode. It's, I guess it's a defense mechanism or something. But all right, I'm not going to waste another second on this. Amy, motherfucking Grant, over and out. I'm coming, Vance. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>